0: Welcome to the Believe in the Land show. My name is Andy Billman. Let's take a look back at the week that was in Cleveland sports. You could probably just say Kate York and that will take the full 50 minutes. <laughs> oh, that young man. I do feel for him. He's going through a lot. But wow, what a preseason for York. Um, just tremendously bad. Um, he's not been very good, obviously. We're going to talk about him. The Browns had their first round of roster cuts here on Sunday. Anthony Schwartz is no longer on the team. They made a trade with the Patriots for Pierre Strong. Akeem Grant also um, gone for the season again. Poor guy. Just a terrible way to start off. Um, a poor guy. Never got on the field once in a regular season game. Akeem Grant came in with so much energy and so much positivity to see him never play a game for the Browns in regular season. That's heartbreaking. He's a good guy, comes off well, very likable, and sadly will not be playing uh, this year for the Browns. Will not be surprised if the Browns move on for him in the off season. So that's uh, the sad ending for Cream Grant, Grant. So there's that too. But we also got Deshaun Watson, of course, in the offense and defense. I thought it looked really good. But we got to start off with Kade York, the kicker, because I've never seen anything like this in a preseason. Never have. I have never seen a kicker by missing kicks dominate the way he is. And he has gotten to a fever-pitched level. For those who missed it, in case you're sleeping under a rock or whatever, uh, the Cade York, again, missed an extra point, but there was a flag, so they got an attempt for two, which they got. And then later... And he did make some extra points and made another kick. He had a chance for a game winner where it looked like it was deflected at 43 yards out. And that's how his preseason ended. Look, let's be real people for a second. You feel for the young man. He's going through a horrible, tragic event in his professional career, live in front of everybody. That's why you get paid big bucks in the NFL. You get paid to play for a reason. Famous line by Mike and it's true. You get paid to play. And it doesn't mean Cade York's a bad person. It doesn't mean Cade York's a bad guy. It just means he's struggling kicking. Let's let's also say that too. All that to be said, Cade York has really struggled. And it's not performing well. He's, he's kicking awful. As he said after the game. Players and fans now are taking pity on me. And I would agree with that comment. And good for Kate York. Not easy to talk about. And he's right. It's getting more pitiful rather than triumphant on any level. I mean, you just feel bad for the guy. But he's been very, very bad. And it's time to move on for the Browns. There's no look. I know there's some people out there saying, oh, there's no, the Browns aren't going to keep them move on. This organization seems to have a strange time with decisions. So I'm not ready just to say, yeah, like, oh, it's definite. He's not coming back. I, I I would think he would be gone. You got to. It'd be good for Cade York. It's obviously good for the clean. There's no way you can trust this guy. He bookended what was a terrible preseason. He started off with a miss, and he left with a miss, deflection, whatever you want to call it. And the experience got more nerve-wracking as we went on. And there's no signs that he's going to break out of this. And aside from one kick in Charlotte last year, Cade York has showed nothing that he's going to be able to get out of it this year. This is a major, major crisis that has to be attended to, and you cannot kick your way through it. Look, there should be no debate. There's no like, oh, my gosh, what if this happens with with Kate York here? Maybe if he does this or, you know, you know, oh, but that guy misses, it It doesn't matter. Cade York is such a problem. and going to be so talked about during the regular season. You cannot in any way possible bring him up and think positive. It's going to be a huge struggle. Huge. If he comes back. It's going to be a topic that Instead of the game, instead of Deshaun Watson, the offense, the glorious defense, it looked good again. It's going to be about Cade York. That's how big this is. The Cade York misses have gotten to this point. It's very unfortunate for everybody involved, but it has. Cade York is not doing well. Cade York is failing. And it needs to be hardly hammered. Because he should not be coming back. There's no reason for him to be coming back here. You don't like to hammer on a guy, but he stinks. He's terrible right now. He's awful. Awful. It's uncomfortable. That first miss, he... Jeez. You feel it. Just feel the energy. There's no way this guy's got any confidence. None. He's going to have to figure it out on the waiver wire or figure it out on the practice squad. That's that. Browns cannot. Inter- what happens to this here? Or wow, maybe he can come. No, no, no. There's no. There is no way to really sit there. And think that Cade York is going to be anything more than what he is. Moving forward unless a miracle happens. And we're not in the miracle business. That's not the NFL. It's not a, it's not all about a holder. It's not about any of that stuff. Kid York's just flat out not good enough right now. He's not good enough. It's very clear he can't be on the team. There's been no reports of the Browns doing anything, which is insane, but okay. They're politely putting out statements like he's really, really talented, Stovansky. Sit on Sunday. Fine, great. He's not our kicker, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, geez. The Browns have in the past, with this new regime, at times tiptoed around issues like this. They tiptoed around Anthony Schwartz a year too long. Don't tiptoe around Katie York. Cut it, get it out, and get someone new in. Don't make this a storyline. It will be. If Cade York is the kicker, it will be a huge storyline going forward the entire season. It will be major storyline, and that's not what you want to kick. So there's Cade York. Put that aside. Now, I guess we'll start off on the offense, um, and we'll get to defense in part two and then what's ahead. The offense looked okay. Um, with the first-team unit. I thought Deshaun Watson looked okay. Don't think he played badly. Don't think he played well. I he played okay. Had some good throws. Made a great throw to Njoku for a touchdown. Uh, made a great first-down um, pass, first down pass on third down to DPJ. Liked that pass a lot. So he had moments in there that was good. Had some other moments that remember, still called it good. Had some throws in the ground. Had time, had a hard time with handoff. Jordan Wilkins got cut today. Goodbye. Uh, get the running backs here in a second. So there, he had some good moments. He really looks well out of the pocket. When he's flushed out of the pocket and he's running around, he looks good. He does a nice job. He still doesn't look comfortable play in, play out, which is, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Still don't have Nick Chubb back there, but you would expect it to be a little more fluid. It's not fluid yet. He's still got some things to work on there. And again, half you know half his throws, you know, were good. The other half were whatever, there's three, two or three. I remember going right in the ground, which <clears throat> I get. It. He's trying to just you know get get rid of the play and go to the next one, but you don't want to see multiple balls in the ground, especially the only one drive. So what do you come out of this with Deshaun Watson? I think he's ready for the season. I do. I don't think there should be elite expectations as this guy's definitely still working through what happened last year into this year. That I can conclude. No matter if Nick Chubb was back, fans were telling me it would have been a big difference. In a- we know how Tom... Time- so he's back in the backfield. That really helps out Sean Watson. No one's going to ever argue that. We all know that. That said... I think Deshaun Watson still has some rust to shake off. I still think he's not quite 100% fluid into the offense yet. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't look crisp. He doesn't look smooth all the time. There's still a little bit of giddy up. Not a ton of hitches, but a little bit. So happy with – I'm glad he put this out there. I'm glad he had a chance in, in uh, preseason to get out all the – You know, shake off some more rust, which he obviously did. The wide receivers as a whole, um, again, DPJ made the nice play. Cooper is definitely not 100% when it comes to, I'm not saying injury-wise, but he's he's not where he was last year at this time, which he readily admitted a a couple weeks ago. (sighs) Looks better. Still not up to quite full speed. Hopefully he gets there by week one. Elijah Moore was on the field. That was good to see, but he didn't do much. And really no one else stood out from the wide receivers for the most part. So the passing game, we go into week one saying, like what I saw from the Commanders, they definitely had a plain Jane attitude with the passing game, which I totally understand. I totally do. They weren't showing anything flashy, which they shouldn't. And that's where we are with the Browns passing game. Sean Watson... Very much a work in progress. Not not like at the beginning stages, obviously, but he's somewhere in the middle. Still have some things to work out there. Want, can't wait to see Elijah more in regular season. And then we'll get to this offensive line. The offensive line um, struggled. wasn't terrible. Thought James Hudson had a rough day. They definitely had some moments where they the Kansas City Chiefs were putting a lot of pressure in the Browns' backfield, okay? You take that for what it is. I don't think they were bad. I know some people were kind of mentioning on Twitter and other places that they didn't look good at all. I don't know about that. But definitely got some, you know, things to work on heading into week one. And again, the Chiefs, did get a lot of pressure not a lot, but they got pressure on the Browns. Again, I don't think they played horrible. But they didn't, you know, you, you, you want more from this offensive line. that gets a lot of, you know, a lot of hype. And then there's running backs. Um, you know, Nick Chubb is obviously a fan favorite, team favorite. Bup, 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 bup. All true. But boy, after what I've seen in the preseason, if Nick Chubb gets hurt, Brown's running game's in a lot of trouble. Wilkins, who had one preseason game and left, did not look the part. I know there were some issues with snaps, and some people put that on Watson. And in fact, he got credited with the um, he got credited with uh, a, a couple of the fumbles. But Wilkins, just he didn't look good. So that didn't work. Felton didn't look – he had his worst preseason game. Didn't play horrific, but wasn't good. Kelly had a couple moments. Son Hall, nothing really. And the running game with the running backs really struggled. Really had a hard time getting going. So a lot of pressure on Jerome Ford. He better be healthy. So with that in mind – the Browns went out and made a trade. They've got Pierre Strong Jr. running back from the Patriots, trading away Tyrone Wheatley. The offensive tackle back to the Patriots. And you can see why. This running game wasn't good enough. This was just not good enough in the running game. This not. I mean, just pure and simple. This is just what we're seeing. Not good enough. And to rely on someone who you haven't seen a lot of on Jerome Ford, that's way too nerve-wracking. So good for the Browns to at least do something rather than sit on their hands and wait. I thought that was a proper decision here. Proper decision here. So Pierre Strong, Jr., trade made on Sunday. He's in. Wilkins is already out. Anthony Schwartz has already been cut. He's out. Austin uh, Watkins, the wider series, trying to make the team, didn't do much. Bell didn't do much. I mean, this is a game where no one really stood out to me and the Browns who was on that cut line. This didn't stand out. But Anthony Schwartz, they said goodbye. I think Watkins will be okay because of what happened to Hakeem Grant. And I'll transition to that now. Um, you know, so sad what happened to Hakeem Grant to first first of the game. Very, very sad. Sad to see that. He's a good guy who brings wonderful, good energy. And for him to get on the first play, on the first opening kickoff, that that, that stinks. You know, guy came in here with so much hype last year, and he knows he's going back on the IR for season-ending for season-ending injury. Terrible stuff. Terrible. Very sad. Hate to see it. You know what could have been. There was a lot of hype when he got brought in here last year. Never played it down. It can happen in the NFL. It's happened to the Browns. The Charles Bittling happening here with Akeem Grant. Um, sad, sad story. Sad all the way around. And you feel bad. Again, you just feel bad for the young man. Just Feel for him. You don't want to see a guy like that uh, get one play on one kickoff and then, you know, get sidelined for the season. It's just terrible. And, again, he had so much hype last year. So much energy. So with that in mind, you're going to need some kick returners and some punt returners. Uh, DPJ will obviously, I think, get a chance. And Demetric Felton, that might make his spot safe because he can do that. So Felton might be on this team anyways again. And special teams for the Browns is really not shown any improvement yet. Wouldn't say it's gotten worse, but wouldn't say it's improved yet. Obviously, you Cade York. And they're gonna ha- and you know they're gonna have to approve coverage. And we're gonna have to see what they can do on now playing kickoff returns now with the injury of grant, which we obviously is an unknown. We don't know. Let's see. But Demetric Felton's probably safe. I think that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be your third or fourth player on this team running back position, depending on how they slot Felton. And as for the DTR, DTR in his third, no, sorry, fourth, fourth preseason game, finally looked like a rookie. He did not perform great. Um, looked okay. Had a lot of pressure in this game. Um, obviously, starting to, his name's starting to get around the league. And the Chiefs obviously heard some of it, I would think, because they played really hard. I mean, they, they made sure to shut him down. They would have anyways, but, you know, they I felt like there was a little bit of extra effort in that game. So DTR, eh, looked okay. Will they keep Calamon as a third, uh, running, uh, third running back? As the emergency quarterback, we will see. Depending on who you read. Sounds like that might be possible. Calamon is definitely a three. You know, that's, that's kind of your offense is the way I see it. Uh, I thought Jones, the rookie, played really well. I think he looks good. I like Jones a lot. Jones is better than Hudson. Hopefully Conklin's back. If not, I would hope they'd put Jones, the rookie at Ohio State, as starter. I think he's better than Hudson right now in his career. And again, I don't know what you do, a kick return or punt return, if you don't keep Felton. I think Felton's going to make the team because of that, unless they really believe in DPJ doing it or someone else. But that's your offense. And special teams with defense here after the break, but again, Watson okay. Backup running backs look terrible. That's what they had. Did what they had to do. Wide receivers are fine. Tight Denjoka look good. Offensive line, yeah, yeah, not their best day, but they weren't horrific. And then there's Kade York. Browns have to move on from Kade York. There's no way you can feel any kind of neutral. A positive juju going into season with that guy. Browns need to make a decision and make a decision quickly on what to do with Sir York. There's no way he can be brought back here. None. You can't have. For a guy to miss kicks in every game that were very memorable misses, multiple game-winning misses, you can't bring a guy like that in there. This can't do it. Big mistake. There should be no debate. Because if he is brought back, he will be talked about all regular season. And it will be exhausting. Browns offense special teams, we come back. Defense. Welcome back to the Believe in the Land show. My name is Andy Billman. If you love great Cleveland content and you love the Browns, Browns, Cavs, Guards uh, coverage, go to BelieveintheLand.com. Also, Buckeye. Football, which will be the next segment here. Buckeye football. Who's their quarterback? You'll find it first. I believe in the land. .com. Also go to official Cleveland sports on Instagram. It's at official Cleveland sports on Instagram. I'm there after every Browns. Buckeye. Guards. Cavs. Games. Check it out. That's at official Cleveland sports after every game is over. Instantaneously. I turn on and we're there to talk about the glorious victory of one of our teams. And then finally, go to Believe in the Land on YouTube. That's Believe in the Land on YouTube. Now, back to the Browns. Defense Look good overall. I don't have any worries about the defense going in the season. There are things that are happening. There are things that will, you know, come up. But overall, feel very good about the defense. There's one injury, though, that happened before. Sunday's roster announcements. Uh, it was announced at midnight, right around midnight, by Mary Kay Cabot uh, from Cleveland.com that Denzel Ward has entered a concussion protocol. With two weeks left, you have to assume he's not going to be ready for the regular season. That's a big bit. That's a big blow. Denzel's one of the better defenders on our team. Obviously, we all know that. Frustrating way to start. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's going to be feeling okay. But um, with concussion protocol and him having multiple concussions, I think you got to assume probably week two, three, maybe longer. going to be a little bit before Denzel Walker comes back. I'd be very surprised he was there for game, game one. I mean, stranger things have happened. But with a guy with a history of now multiple concussions, I just can't see him getting on the field that quickly. So, no Denzel Ward right now. He's in concussion protocol. Again, hopefully he starts feeling okay. Hopefully he'll be okay. Jack Conklin also is still in concussion protocol. Tried getting off this week. Otherwise, on defense, though, aside from Ward's injury, everybody should be feeling pretty good. We have not seen a lot of Miles Garrett, but that's not unusual. So, Darius Smith, I thought, looked very good. He he and Garrett are going to cause problems. How are you going to – I don't know how offenses are going to stop. Smith and Garrett. I just don't see it. Very, very hard. Throwing a Tomlinson and a Shelby Smith, and defensive line's come a long way for the Browns. Long way. Like what I see there. And against the Darius Smith, when you watch the Browns defense, he jumps off the screen. Newsom and Emerson will probably be your starting quarterbacks, unless Denzel Ward can recover quickly from the concussion. Uh, I'm a big fan of Emerson. I think he's going to be a very good player in this league. Thought he had a good rookie year. I think he's going to get better. Really like what I think Emerson is that good already this quickly in his career. Guy has a nose for ball. Knows how to make plays. Newsom will be your other uh, cornerback starting more than likely Ward's out, and then you got the Cam Mitchell's and the AJ Greens and everybody else after that. It should be okay corner, but again, uh, you know, boy, when you have Denzel Ward and the other two out there, that's a lot. So they take they take a hit there, but they should be okay with Cam or um, AJ Green running around down there. This Cam Mitchell's look good too so far in uh, preseason football. Now. Linebackers, you know, Anthony Walker checks, Sean Sion Taki-Taki check, and then there's J.O.K. I thought J.O.K. looked good. I saw him flying around the ball, flying around the field on Saturday at 1 o'clock. I like J.O.K. and Darius Smith really jumped off the screen for me on that last game. Both are good players, but J.O.K. has gotten a lot of flack and a lot of pushback from fans and from people who cover the team and from journalists and talking ads. And, um, you know, well-deserved last year. He didn't play well. But I'll say he does look like a different player on last Saturday. Really was impactful. You could feel his presence on the field, which is not something you could say all the time about JOK. But you could. You could on Saturday. So that was good to see. And in in overall, defense just seems farther ahead than the offense, and it's really not that comparable. I think the Browns are going to have a very good defense, and Jim Schwartz should get a lot of credit for it, and obviously should the, should the players too. But Jim Schwartz's scheme is really paying off early, like what I see. As for roster battles, Diabete who was a beast in the Eagles game, didn't really see him. And again, everybody put, was on the roster cut line. Tony Fields looked good. He had another good day. Tony Fields is not going anywhere. But whether Diabite makes it, yeah, we'll find out. Debatable. I think he should. I think he's going to get picked up by – I think he will get picked up by somebody if the Browns don't sign him or put him on the roster. So that occurs some pressure there. But the defense gives me calm and peace. I really like what I see out of this unit. I did not feel this way about the defense last year. Defensive line in particular. The defensive line, it's like night and day compared to this year to last year. Just just such a big change. Can't compare. It's that different. And it's that different. You're watching it. It's just amazing. These are still some of the same players we had last year. Because, boys, I feel different this year. And so Darius Smith and Tomlinson and Harris make a big difference. Hopefully Denzel Ward will be able to recover quickly against concussion. So I would say you you figure he's not going to be around for game one. Maybe he will be, but it's going to be a speedy recovery if it is. And that's where we're at with the Browns defense further ahead than the offense the whole talk's been about the offense the defense is further ahead right now so what does this mean overall well i think for the browns you know it, it was a good to average preseason that was dominated by a kicker story this kicker story story by Cade york is not he has not stamped uh stamped out the fire and as we just said it's grown You can definitely feel the pressure of Stefanski to win. The Browns this week also took a lot of contract money off. They paid a lot of players up front to try to secure more cap space. Will some of that be rolled over? That's been reports that it's been done mainly to, and and sometimes even some have said only to open up cap space for the next year, which you can buy that, but there should be some of that that will be used this year, you would think. One would think. Specifically how hard and how desperate, which is good to see, that the Browns are wanting to win and win big. So they cut a bunch of money this week. That was also good to see. Very good to see. Browns are all in. As for Coach Stefanski, I I need to see more to still determine where I'm thinking. I got to be honest, I don't know if I believe in him. I just don't know. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that can lead us to that promised land. We will find out, obviously, this year. Big year for him. Huge year for him. It is the year for him. That's why Cade York, again, you cannot mess around with Cade York. Got to, got to get rid of him. But has Stefanski made you feel any better about him going to regular season? Not really. I don't think he's had a bad preseason. Bubba Ventrone? Shoulder shrug. Don't see a big difference yet on special teams whatsoever. And he's got a lot of curveballs now. Cade York and sadly, what happened to Akeem Grant? What happened to him tragically? Him being out again for an injury for the season. But the Jim Schwartz defense, boys, there's some improvement there. The Browns rookies for this year have stood out on a year they didn't have a first or second round pick. And Elijah Moore, their big free agent, I'll call trade. That was a huge moment. Zadari Smith free agent signing, making impact. The Browns have made strides in those areas, so it is right, right to get excited. Big thought. You cannot lose Nick Chubb. You have said that anyways before, how badly the, the back of running backs play, but I'll say it now. The Browns cannot afford to lose Nick Chubb. Just can't do it. Cannot afford to do so. Cade York's got to go. Sean Watson... Has some more Russell shook out, but better. And he's and as the season goes along, I think he will get better. Especially with Chubb in the back, and you have Batonio there in your offensive line set and ready to go. There is a natural ramp up that will help out Deshaun Watson now be good. A lot of cup money's been stashed. We'll just see what this all means. But the roster to me. If you want the roster battles, I don't think anybody helped themselves run the line. If they liked Watkins before this week, they're probably going to like him still. Abite, again, didn't do much. Some of these guys who are on that line didn't see a whole lot in this game. Browns had a challenging preseason. Not a bad one, not a drama-filled one, but a challenging one. Hopefully it gets them ready as we head into two weeks now before the Kitty Cats come to Cleveland. That's your Cleveland Browns. We'll do more next week as we ramp up closer to the regular season. Guards. No, no, not guards. Buckeyes. 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 we come back. Welcome back to the Believe in the Land show. My name is Andy Billman. You can check out all great Buckeyes football content on at official Cleveland sports after every game at official Cleveland sports starting Saturday in Bloomington, Indiana. Let's see what the Buckeyes can do. We're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. Go to Adofficial Cleveland Sports after the game. Go to BelieveInTheLand.com for everything Buckeye football throughout the season. Doing a bit of a preview this week. And then finally, go to Believe in the Land on YouTube. Check out everything that we do. Everything we do. Believe in the Land. Buckeyes. So, where are we at? This is a season of needing to be Michigan. That's the theme. Maybe I ask you who's unaware or has been sleeping under a rock, what is this season's about? This season's about one thing. Can this team beat Michigan? That's what's going to be hammered throughout this season. It will be talked about a lot, even at times when they're not playing Michigan, which is obviously only once. So it is a big thing. The other theme is going to be quarterback for this week. The Buckeyes have a lot of talent. We're going to talk about the defense. Sounds like they're well-improved. Wide receivers are just oozing with talent. Harrison Jr. might win the Heisman. Abuka's that good, too. Could definitely be in the running for some big awards this year. Everyone's ecstatic about the return of Travion Henderson, as they should. When the young man's healthy, he's a big-time player. Offensive line issues, those have been put to rest. I never really thought that was a worry. I thought that got really overhyped by some. I say it's got too many good players on the offensive line to be getting some, to be worried about that. And they proved that to be so far here in summer. They're fine. The offensive line's going to be fine. But here we are less than a week out and we don't know who the starting quarterback is. Now there's been two schools of thought and I'm very much in the middle. Don't worry about it. Too many. These two McCord and Brown are high. Recruits—they came in highly regarded. They'll be fine, and that's fair. Ryan Day's a good coach who can definitely spot quarterback talent. No, no doubt. There's the other half. I'm worried, hand wringing, nervous. You know, you you keep hearing the comments from Ryan Day himself. No one has stood out. No one's grabbed this position. Pop, bop, bop. You know, that's not exactly a ringing en- endorsement by said coach there. I'm somewhere in between on this. McCord and Brown aren't good, but you just can't say it's okay. I think there is some natural worry here. When you hear the phrase, boy, no one's really stood out. And, like, this is Ohio State. The Ohio State oozes with talent. For them and for reporters and journalists not to be talking, really hasn't been any buzz, any real reports about the quarterback battle. And it's been surprising to me. That's what I want. I, I came here like, look, I know Harrison Jr. is good. Jim Knowles' defense better. Running back room, fantastic. Maybe the best in the last 10 years. Got it. Good. Got it. What's going on with that quarterback? And that, that's what I want to know. Like, Who's going to be the quarterback game one? And it's been made pretty clear they have no idea. They don't have an idea. They've admitted so. But to say everything is, you know, just gonna be dandy, I, I uh, don't know about that. To say everything's falling off a cliff, I, I don't agree with that either. I think it's somewhere in between. But for this season, with so much pressure to win as it should, they're ranked in the top five. They're gonna be in the top five all year, unless they lose, of the course. There should be, you know, it's the most important position on on the football field. We all know that. And yet there's been no talk about it really throughout camp. Other than we don't know. Kind of mystifying to me. Haven't had a hard time finding much information on how these two quarterbacks are doing. Makes you wonder what's really going on at that certain quarterback job. I'll say that there's a lot of mystery. There is not much clarity at all. And that has to make you nervous, even playing a team like Indiana, who's not an elite team in the league, who is not going to be banging down any doors anytime soon of fear. Still, it's an Indiana, it's a road game. You want to be, you know, ramped. And the Buckeyes aren't ramped. They don't have a quarterback yet who's been named a starter. That's odd. And that's the other thing I would tell people who are like, ah, it's fine. Ah, it's not, this is not normal. Especially with the comments that have been said about the quarterbacks. Like, ah, oh, neither one stands out. Ah, oh, neither one's really grabbing the position. I mean, that's not good. So here's how I'll leave it as we head into this first week. We're going to find out who it is. If it's a rotation job, meaning both quarterbacks play, I would try to get out of that as soon as possible. It's very hard to win with two quarterbacks. Washington is the only team I can remember in college football doing so. Very, very hard. Very, very hard. you got to, you got to take one. I think Ryan Dave believes in that too. I think. But for this far, not to have someone who you're confidently saying this is gonna be the guy is that that's odd. And with a tame with way too much talent. Again, Harrison Jr., I think is gonna be in the highest running. I think there's other things on this team that really stand out to tell you it is one of the best in the Big Ten in the country. The talent just oozes out. Travion Henderson is getting a lot of hype. You can tell the defense has improved with time and Eichenberg and Tumaloa being hyped on defensive side. Sounds like the secondary is going to be better. Jim Knoll sounds like it's going to be better this year. And yet, here we are. No quarterback announces a starter. It's grinding. I say it has a little bit more of a challenging schedule this year, too. Start off on the road against Indiana and then have to go to South Bend for a very good Irish team with a different quarterback in Hartman. That's a tough spot. Tough spot. Now leads to the other big storyline that's gonna be talked about throughout, and that's gonna be Ryan Day. Ryan Day still gets a lot of support. Ryan Day, so highly, I'd say more positive than negative following throughout high State. But you better be Michigan. And you better win your bowl game or win the playoffs. I do think we're in those kind of that kind of season. Eight and four, but beating Michigan. I think you're actually okay. I think you're actually okay. Ten and two, you lose to Michigan. That uh, is good. You cannot let that ride where you got him. Ryan Day's came off a lot more approachable this off season, uh, and I thought in training camp and throughout the summer he came off as a very, lot more personable than in past years. Still gives stiff answers, but I didn't think it was like stiff and like turn off. I thought at times he would, he could turn off the media. I don't think he did that this year. Thought it came off again more likable, more relatable in the press conference. I think he's starting to get a little bit better hand of how to handle the press, which is good. But it's a big year for him. Can't afford to have what happened last year happen to him again because he may not be here. In fact, pretty sure he won't be. And this team is too talented. There's way too many expectations, as there should be. This is the Ohio State University. And the Ohio State University is ready for prime time. Way too much talent. Ryan Day has to figure out a way to get this team over the hump. I hope he finishes the defense. Sounds like he's going to. I've seen more effort there by Isaac than I have for You can definitely tell from reports and from simple verbiage that Ryan Day is definitely more involved with the defense than he was a year ago, which is good to see. Michigan, Penn State, sure. Michigan's a very good. Michigan's a favorite to even maybe win the whole thing by some. There's no doubt. A lot of hype about Michigan, that's what this whole year is about: beating that team. And again, I would not would not throw away that Notre Dame game. Tough game. They have to play up Wisconsin too. Tough game. A lot more challenging schedule this year compared to last year which makes it all the more important for today. makes it all the more important. Once this season grooves, who is going to be your quarterback? So don't think they can go very long by saying is this is going to be a rotational quarterback thing in the game. Too much of a risk. They should be in Indiana. They should be okay. But for it to be this late into camp, it's remarkable how there's no Mention of who's starting this week. Big story. Will we find Ohio State all year? It starts off with Bloomington against Hoosiers. Guardians, when we come back. Welcome back to the last segment here of the Believe in the Land show. My name is Andy Billman. Again, check out everything post game live with the Guardians, Browns, Buckeyes, at, at official Cleveland Sports on Instagram. That's at official. Cleveland Sports and Instagram, check it out. Always there for great content on the three teams and the city of Cleveland. Go to BelieveInTheLand.com, Todd Hall, myself, and a staff of Tony Camino and much more providing articles daily on your teams. I mean daily on your teams. Check out BelieveInTheLand.com. Guards! Kings of the North. Took the season series today with the Blue Jays showed some fight this week, three and three. The twins are currently tied with the Rangers. So as you're hearing this, um, you know, looks like the, who knows what's going to happen, but the guardians actually have a chance. If the twins lose to go up there five games down with a sweep, two games asking a lot there, but there is a little bit of a pulse is my big note this week. If, felt like after last week with the struggles with the tigers it kind of felt like the guardians were kind of mailing it in a little bit and then the dodgers came and yes the dodgers won two out of three but they showed some fight noah Syndergaard showed some fight winning a game and in this series of the blue jays blue jays played well that's the thing the blue jays played well the Guardians just happened to play better better hitting uh, Lariano went off today. Calhoun went off today. And then, of course, the, the key to the engine, uh, Jose Ramirez, who really up until this point had been struggling in his last seven games, only one hit in his last seven. In seven games, not at bat, seven games. Got into a good groove, had four hits, but two home runs and a big one today on, on the Sunday game to get the Guardians a victory that they needed and to keep them alive. They're showing fight. The fighting guards are showing fight. Are they going to make the playoffs? Probably not, no. going to take a miracle. But they actually have a route. They have to win two out of three against Minnesota. And then when the Twins come back to Cleveland, they're going to have to sweep. They have to take five out of six. Got to really punch the mouth of the Twins. Four out of six. uh, I mean, it's good, obviously, but you can't do anything worse than that. Four out of six, I don't think is enough. I think they need to get five out of six. So they got to win this series in Minnesota this week to keep their hopes alive, slim hopes alive. There's been a lot of rumors about Kyle Quantrill coming back. Sounds like he is close to coming back this week. That is needed. The Guardians are starting to run out of innings in time with these young pitchers that they cannot have go too much longer. So the first veteran coming back is Quantrill. I've read reports from cleveland.com. Sounds like. Bieber and McKenzie are both starting to get there, but McKenzie sounds like it's a ways away. I think Bieber's more realistic, but still, when you say realistic, two, two and a half weeks away for Bieber. McKenzie's similar time frame, but we'll see. I think they're going to be very cautious with both, obviously, but in particular, McKenzie. But maybe with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of luck and a little bit of, Timing, they can get these veterans in there, rest the young kids, and have one last run. By the way, Twins won today on a walk-off walk, so it'll be six games full going to uh, Twinkieland. They're going to have to, have to, have to scrap together multiple wins against the Twins, five out of six. They play three in Minnesota, got to take two out of three. Their bullpen for Minnesota is going to be whipped a little bit. That will help the Guardians. So hopefully they can take advantage of that. And, um, you know, from a side story perspective, the boy, the Rangers have really fallen off. Uh, had a big lead in this game too, big lead. Couldn't hold on to it. So that's for another show, but that's interesting though too. And then there's Terry Francona. It kind of came out throughout the week that Terry had been talking to the press about possibly Starting to think about his next steps, meaning retirement. A lot of back and forth on the Instagram show, a lot of back and forth. Social media chatter on what to do, how what's going to happen with Terry. Um, I am pro-Terry Francona staying as long as he wants. He is a wonderful manager, a Hall of Fame manager. Terry Francona is going to be in the Hall of Fame someday, and he should. And in 2016, I think people tend to forget, that was a freaking miracle how far that Indians team got, and they almost pulled it off with basically shoestrings and dreams because they lost all their starting pitching as well, basically, outside of Kluber and Tomlin. That's it. Carrasco had a a horrific injury happen to him late that year, and, and really the Guardians were just duct tape and glue just trying to get through the playoffs that year with Trevor Bauer then later on having the incident with the drone. But back to Terry, you know, he's hinting on what he wants to do the one thing I would advise all Guardians fans, and I would advise this politely, you cannot just sit there and flimsy say, hey, goodbye, Terry. Don't need you anymore. Goodbye. I will warn you. Terry's done a lot of great work here. He represents the city very well, and he maximizes his talents from the team. He really does. He gets the max out of his – For people who just want to discard Terry Francona, and he's had his best year, no. Has he made some head-scratching moves? Yes, but this has been a head-scratching season. They have not had a healthy team with their pitching. They've really had to scrape and glue a lot of things. Josh Naylor, who's been their best hitter this year, has missed four weeks now plus. Not easy. He's been out the whole month of August. And yet, and, and J-Ram, it it's been a weird... He's been hitting, not hitting. It's just been a weird year. I wouldn't put too much in the stock into one goofy season to get rid of Cherry Francona. I would hang on to him as long as you can. Guardians, Twins, season on the line. They lose 2 out of 3, forget it. Have to win 2 out of 3. Hopefully they can sweep. That's going to ask a lot. It is, but maybe they can do it. Browns. Denzel Ward. And concussion protocol, Cade York, yuck. He's driving us all crazy. Still on the team as of today. Anthony Schwartz has been cut. Sadly for Hakeem Grant, his season is over. Watson, the offense looked okay. Still need some things to work out. Hopefully they get it all squared away before the Bengals game. Defense looks ready to go. Zadarius Thomas really jumps off the page. The Buckeyes, still no quarterback been named to start against Indiana. Interesting as we get close. Everything else from everything's been writing and people on the ground, they are loaded everywhere. Should be a big year for the Buckeyes. Beating Michigan will be the theme this year, but it all needs to be done around a quarterback. Guardians had an interesting week, three and three. Could have been better, could have been worse, but three and three is what they did. And that was the week that was in Cleveland Sports. My name is Andy Billman. Check me out at believeinland.com at official Cleveland Sports on Instagram, and of course, check me out all over the place here in WHK. Have a great weekend. Go Guards. Go Browns. Go Buckeyes.